Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. How's it going, buddy? It's going. It's getting a little cold. I'm only hoping the snow will show up soon. And Yeah, I keep watching the report. I'm a, I'm a little sad our snowpocalypse 2024 has been canceled already. <laughs> you know. It didn't in the past, though. I'm assuming Sean is going to put winter tires on the new R8 and get it out there and do some donuts? Uh, maybe. Okay. Um, we talked about it. I think because we have the trailer, we're going to hold off a little bit this year. For... No, I just meant in your driveway. Oh, yeah. Do donuts yeah, okay. in the yeah, driveway. Yeah. 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 It okay. is good at that. Yeah. Not that fair I enough. know. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Thank God for paint protection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Stop borrowing her car, Dan. Oh, she yeah. would kill me if I, know I was she would. Like, yes, yeah. I know she would. Yeah. You did what with my and then, and then she'd come kill me for coming up with the idea. So, yes, yeah. that is true. Um, yeah. we, so we have a, let's just jump right into our Carter Automotive Group tip of the okay. week before we uh, bring in our esteemed guest who is humbling us with our, her presence. Yes, today. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so. We have, uh, we've talked about doing the R8 build and we did, we started with the S tech with the paint protection, the most important thing so it doesn't get destroyed from day one. Uh, we did the tint on there. We've got, um, let's see. The next step is it's going to HKP customs and we're getting of all things, a Baja designs light bar installed behind the grill. So you can't see it. I mean, but, I think Audi said that they, 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 that's the one thing they missed putting on there was, you know, massive raw, rally lights. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Well, you yeah. won't see them, so I won't destroy the look of the car, but very functional. But as far as the tip goes, the third thing we're doing is we're going to see our friends at Northwest Crafted, and we are going to get a seat made for the dog. <laughs> True story. Because that's what that's what a what a, a six pound, seven pound Pomeranian needs. He's nine pounds. In the He's of kind a of a big car. boy for okay, a Pomeranian. A big, a big, okay. Yes, he needs a special seat because yeah. otherwise he would go flying out the side of the car. I feel like my mom said that when I was a kid. Like I was a big boy and needed a special seat. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's what she means. I don't know. I think she said that actually this week. So yeah. <laughs> Who's a big boy? Yeah, I know. I'm Great. a Thank big you. boy. I'm a big boy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so he's getting a special seat. Like, th- are you going to include like built-in harnesses and all that? Exactly. Like, so we're putting the seat between the two front seats because the truth is the worst place for your pet to sit in your car is the front seat of your vehicle because uh, airbags and pets don't mix, especially when they're not buckled in. But uh, they're small and they're fragile compared to us, and they squish easily. Uh, and your pet doesn't really understand what's going on when you slam on your brakes. Like they're just going to go flying into the floorboard. It's really hard on them. So we um, typically, if you have a pet with you all the time, you want to train them to sit in the back seat uh, behind you where there is no airbag and you want to train them to be okay with being leashed harnessed. in. Yeah, yeah. They need to be harnessed in because uh, like you said, in an emergency situation, pets unfortunately don't fare very well in crashes. Um, they're pretty resilient. Big dogs are anyway, but uh, smaller pets like ours would uh, not fare well. And we would rather hit somebody than hurt our dogs. So you're going to lose in that case, pedestrians. But uh, Shana doesn't want to put him in the front trunk. That's weird. In the front of the R8. Weird. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. Might be laws against that. Yeah, I think it's so. It's probably safe. Yeah. Uh, but no, we are going to include a center seat section between the two seats and a little shelf behind the seats. How are you going to attach it to that? So that, I mean, I understand the dog being harnessed into the seat. What stops the seat from going all the way to the windshield? Well, we're going to have him like embedded with anchor points. Oh, okay. there's anchor points. So there's anchor there. points. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to have this thing as part of the vehicle. It'll come in and out with quick releases, yeah. but it'll hold him down with this little flexible anchor to it so that he's safe in case uh well you know in case things go poorly <laughs> i wish i had the life of your dog that's all i'm gonna say everyone so, wishes yeah. they had the life <laughs> of my dog that's how i feel like everybody who has a dog should everyone should feel that way about that person's dog yeah I that agree. makes you a good pet owner if your friends envy the life of your dog you've succeeded as a pet owner yeah if your dog has more toys than your children kind of thing right fair exactly enough. fair enough yeah nobody likes those kids anyway nobody likes dogs love you forever <laughs> i know yeah, that's fair yeah <laughs> exactly you can leave a dog home all day and it's happy to see you no matter what you did well that's because it doesn't know if you look on for two hours or two days so yeah you know, as long as there's our dog it's like five minutes i, I leave the room i come back in and he's like oh my god you were gonna ever come back it's already become kind of a ninja warrior by the way yeah um i came into your house and he decided to bounce off the the, the food thing off the wall and then into my arms which i wasn't quite ready for yeah um he's and he's i mean nine pounds hitting you like that 
Like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't so, seem like a lot, yeah. but it's true. Uh, yeah. My dog has a very special relationship with Nick, which makes me laugh because I'm I don't... not sure that's the way I want it to be told on a podcast, Dan. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Like, there, it has nothing to do with peanut butter. <laughs> okay, the dog well, loves Jesus. Nick. Period. <laughs> and it launches itself at, oh at him God. as soon as he comes in the house because yeah. it's like. You know, my dog only knows a few people really well. We bonded when he was a puppy. Yes, yeah. And yeah. so as soon as Nick comes in, he will jump from the floor at Nick at full speed because he has no idea that he has any mass. So he just walks across you and sure. jumps on you. It's pretty yeah. great. I'm happy to be it. I just like maybe we don't want to put on the podcast that I have a special relationship with your dog. <laughs> uh, so like that could be negative on me. Future job endeavors. But OK. Not for the dog. Though. OK. Got it. Yeah, sure. Super. Yeah. His opinion. matters. Moving Nick. on. <laughs> I trust I trust my dog's opinion of people more than I trust other people's opinion. Didn't, didn't rob williams say that once like you know i trust a dog that doesn't trust people but i don't trust people that don't trust a dog or something we don't like, that. like dogs yeah yeah, yeah like, that's okay. true yeah. anyway uh yeah so now that we've successfully warmed up our guest to what the rest of her night is going to be like <laughs> she's literally known us for five minutes yeah <laughs> So, yeah. Now she knows it's yeah. better. Yeah, great. Yeah. So our guest. Oh, this... she hung up. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> our guest this week, uh, those in the car community have very likely heard of or seen. Um, Colleen Sheehan, welcome to the show. Thank you for uh, taking the time out of your very busy schedule. Uh, you have uh, quite the presence online, to say the <laughs> least. <laughs> well, thank you for having me here. And I, uh, I just do what I love doing. I get to enjoy being around all the cars I love and it's great to be able to share them with everyone I can. So obviously you grew up in the car community, correct? Yes. Okay. Can you guys, can you give our listeners a little bit of backstory of how that happened and, and, and how you kind of got into the, the Ferrari business and the exotic car business as well? So uh, my dad started the company in 1972. So he's been in business since the earth cooled. And uh, he... Good to know. Basically, I, <laughs> I, I was born and raised around these cars. I started racing at a very young age. Uh, I entered my first car in the Pebble Beach Concourse when I was 11 years old. Um, I have been around these cars with these cars my entire life and so it's just been my life forever actually there's a photo of me when i was a baby when i was born i left the hospital and my mom took me to the racetrack where my dad was racing uh to see him before i even went home so my first experience outside the hospital when i was born was going to a racetrack sounds like your mom's awesome yeah, yeah. i was gonna say <laughs> oh you're dead so I have a question for you. So the company is Ferraris Online, right? Yes. Was okay. So obviously, it wasn't always Ferraris Online because online didn't exist. Like, Correct. What was the? <laughs> so there's a there's actually quite the um, the progression. Yeah, progression. <laughs> so it started as European Auto Sales and European Auto Restoration, uh, and my dad ran that for many many years. Uh, he had North America's largest Ferrari specialty restoration shop for a long time. But after many years of doing that and 30 employees, he decided, I don't want to do the restoration job anymore. Uh, I just want to stick with sales. And so he shut down the whole shop and transferred to Ferraris online and started just doing that. Uh, and now after over about 52 years in the business, he's actually retiring. And so Ferraris Online is actually not, so he's 
slowing down there, and I'm starting my own new company called Next Generation Classics. Very Ooh. cool. Okay. I did not know yeah. that. Congratulations on that. I mean, obviously, he's Thank been you. in the business for a long time, but I mean, have you been working with him? Like, has this been your main job throughout your career, or have you? Oh, yeah. uh, okay. This, you knew the love, you know, from the beginning. Oh. Well, I, I was going to say you entered your first car in Pebble at 11. So this this itch for you started really early. I mean, has it ever has it always been like the thing or has there ever been anything else on your mind that you're like, oh, maybe this I'm just. So there was a point in time when I was, you know, a angsty teenager and uh, I graduated high school early at 16 and I decided to try out uh, some art and architecture in college for a little bit. And I did one semester. And I decided that's cool and all, but that's, that's not cars. That's not, it's not what I want to do. <laughs> and so, uh, my true passion has always been cars and it took me a couple months to figure out there is nothing that replaces that. Not for me. I think we've all had those moments where we're like, we're car people. Like, let's try something else. Never mind. I don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not making Some me Some of happy. us do that to get more cars. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I want to I kind of dive into a car that you've been recently really look, you know, showing a ton online. And this, the, the story behind this, this F50 and the fact mm-hmm. that the one that raced and all that. Can you kind of give a little bit of pedigree behind that car and what makes it so special and what you guys have done with it? Because it's come through your hands several times, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so it was sold new to a guy named Ian Hetherington. Uh, He was an awesome person himself. I mean, he was, uh, he had a lot to do with PlayStation uh, and he was just a really cool guy. Uh, But he bought the car new and he raced it from new. He decided he was buying this car and he wanted to run it in the Ferrari Challenge Series. And so I have lots of photos of it leading the pack with a bunch of 360s and other cars of that era. Uh, And it did race against some F40s and some other cars that could really compete with it a bit more. But uh, it was a race car. And F50s, they did build the F50 GT uh, with the intention of racing it, but that race program was canceled. And so the F50 GT never raced. So out of all the F50s, this is the only one that has a true racing history. And there's probably F50s that have, uh, you know, somebody did a track day or something like that, but not, not like this car where it was a race car for the entire beginning of its life from 1994 until we sold it in 2000. So uh, the first owner, Ian, decided to sell and we sold it to the second owner, Uh, And that has the fun story behind it in itself because it was sold from England to the U.S. And because it's a Euro model F50. Uh, And so when we sold it. Is this uh, the Coke can story? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, at Customs, if you have a race car, race cars are EPA and DOT exempt and you don't have to pay duty. Uh, And it's because they're not used on the street, really. So. Importing this car, Customs says, prove it's a race car. And we're like, okay, uh, here's the race logs. Here's the photos of it racing. Here's its history. Here's everything it's done. It's a race car. And Customs says, that's not enough. What we need is uh, we are going to take your car and we're going to roll a can of Coca-Cola at it. 
And if it is so low to the ground, the can of Coke doesn't fit under the car, then I guess it's a race car. But if it does fit, then it's not a race car. And somebody wrote that in the books. Like some, somebody was sitting in a small office going, I know how we can do this. Like, yep. that's ridiculous. Maybe five minutes with the coilovers. Ta-da, race car. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah, it's just a customs. But what can you do? <laughs> that's amazing. Government efficiency. Yeah, government efficiency. Yep. Yeah. I have no idea why toilets are $20,000. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So uh, you've, uh, you walk the walk, obviously. I mean, I've seen endless amounts of your videos online and stuff. I love that you drive so many cars. And so I have to ask you, I mean, one, you're a good driver. So kudos to that. I'm way better than I'll ever be. Uh, and I love seeing the seat time you get in these cars. Uh, what has been the one you've, have you ever gotten in a car and everybody's going to ask you what your favorite one is? I want to know which one you've gotten into and been like, I have no idea what the F I'm doing. <laughs> this is really hard to drive. I would love to hear that story. So uh, that would be a 1912 Buick. Oh, that, 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 you don't know how um, to drive one of those? I mean, come on. We're old enough to oh, have wait, one of those in the driver's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, that that was quite the experience. Uh, actually, so a little fun side note. So it had the um, the the lamps for headlights. You know, you <laughs> light them up and literally yep. flames. Uh, and so like, oh, that's cool. I should put that in the video. And so so. Uh, go ahead and turn them on, you know, turn the gas on and take the lighter, light them up. And uh, then I was contacting another dealer who specializes in brass era cars. And I was talking to him about the car, seeing if he might have a client. And I mentioned, I'm like, yeah, the, the headlights work and everything. And he goes, wait, you, you lit those? Yeah, I did. He goes, oh, I never do that. You, you can blow up. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Well, now I know. <laughs> that would have been handy information to use, I don't know, five minutes ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. By the way, possible exploding headlights. That's a new one. Did he tell you why they might explode? I've never heard that. Well, it's uh, if you don't know exactly when the um, canister for the gas was put in and how old the lines are and basically everything about those headlights uh, and when, you know, how new or old they are then it could potentially be dangerous. Uh, and I did not realize that. I was just like, this looks cool. Let's, let's try it out. Like <laughs> I wouldn't have either. I, I was going to say, I, no I would have lit them too. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, <laughs> hey, the good news is they worked perfectly and they looked awesome and I did not explode. So, you know. Clearly. Win-win. <laughs> I mean, and it had been one of us, it would have exploded. But For it would sure. have made a great story in the burn world. Like, what happened? <laughs> I blew up a Buick. What? Right. <laughs> it was a 1912 Buick. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Back off. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right. When it comes... Right Go hand ahead, drive. Uh, it had the shifter on the outside of the door. I mean, and, and the pedals were all mixed up. So it was just, it was um, quite the learning curve driving it down the street. Not exactly the simplicity of some of the modern cars. No, yeah. no. <laughs> I was going to ask you. Um, I was watching you. I think it was a it was a two eighty eight GTO. You were talking about one of your videos, and that's actually uh, because I grew up in the Magnum PI era. The three hundred eight being the mm -hmm. the quintessential Ferrari of the time. The two eighty eight was the natural progression of loving a three hundred eight. Yes. Um, what is your favorite Ferrari that you've driven? Versus is there is I should rephrase this is the is your favorite Ferrari the one you have loved to drive the most or the one you look at? Love to look at the most. Drive. Which one so, is that? Uh, Comp Daytona. 
Oh, duh. I can see that. Yeah. I'm not allowed to stare at one, let alone like one. Yeah. What was your, what's your favorite part about driving it? It fights back. I mean, I, I just, modern cars are amazing and I love the technology. I love the power, the performance, everything about them. Uh, last thing I want anyone to think is that I, I don't like modern cars, but I like classics more. And the, um, the Comp Daytona is just this visceral and mean and unwieldy beast. And there's something about it that I just, I love it. I mean, it's like a freight train, you know, it's it, no power steering. So parking it in the showroom is quite the experience uh, and, or parallel parking, anything at low speeds. And <laughs> it just sounds incredible. Uh, it feels like a spaceship starting it up because you hit the switch, hit another switch, the fuel pumps, hit the button. I mean, it's just, it's a process and it's fun. Uh, and once you're going down the road, it's just, you know, this 1970s massive power in this incredible car that's so beautiful. And I love it. You know, I just, I love it. <laughs> You know, we, we end up talking to a lot of people on here, and, and people come to us and ask us about how the people on the show gain their knowledge. Did you did you get, gain a lot of your knowledge by just getting in there and working on the cars, working with your dad, driving the cars, and things like that? Or are you kind of a book person that has to go out and study things as well? No, I mean, I do a bit of both. Uh, I've learned so much just from being around the cars and firsthand experience on um, – what to do, what not to do, little fun facts and quirks about each car, little, just all the details. But at the same time, uh, sometimes I get asked questions a lot. So because I, I sell these cars, uh, people will come to me with some very interesting questions sometimes that I haven't really thought about. And so I'll have to dig into that and try and find the answer, you know, and I love that. I mean, I love when somebody throws me a curveball because I'm like, wait, I don't know that. Let me, let me figure that out. You know, I'm going to learn a, something. Yeah. 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 I, I had a guy ask me one time, he goes, so what's the difference in the engine between uh, a 456 and the earlier V12 models? And I was like, well, I mean, displacement, you know, normal stuff. But I'm like, hmm, let me let me look into this. And I found out that they had changed from a 60 degree V12 to a 65 degree V12. And so they basically, you know, the, the Colombo V12, as we knew it, ended with the 456. Now, it's kind of hard to call some of the more modern V12s, you know, right before that, uh, Colombo engines, because they're very far from your 250 engines and, you know, 330 engines, but at the same time, it was the same basic 60 degree V12 configuration all the way up until the 456. And so questions like that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Okay. Now I know, you know, and it just, it, I get jazzed. 
You didn't know that? <laughs> <laughs> like we Oh, I was going to sit over and be like, I just learned something. Yeah, that's, that's what <laughs> I was getting this at. This is how I learn, yeah. No I'll tell you, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, sure. Totally. <laughs> I mean, it's just like lighting the lights, the headlights on a Buick. It's just, right. <laughs> everybody knows that. Good that's the easy stuff. Yeah. So now you guys sell other things besides Ferrari. You, you, you deal in pretty much anything, like classics and things like that yes. you're wearing a lovely sweatshirt right now that says integrale yes. have you got have you got into that into that part of sales as far as rally cars and older british cars and things like that definitely so uh i actually just took a uh delta integrale on consignment today uh oh. and it's getting picked up next wednesday so i should have it uh hopefully by the end of next week so very excited about that because i i own i bought a uh uh Delta Integrale for myself as a daily driver because I love torturing myself. So, you know. bless you. Also, <laughs> what are you looking for punishment? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I, yeah. My, my favorite car is a Comp Daytona, and I bought a, a Delta as a daily. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, life's too short to drive boring cars. Absolutely. Say, and a yeah. Delta Integrale, you can never, I mean, one of the best looking uh, cars ever made, really, as far as a. Uh, so much fun. Yeah. And you've got those beautiful box fenders. I mean, Box flares, I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, get it right. I know. My bad. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I, I do want to touch on uh, the 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 forbidden topic of women in social media because <laughs> you have a huge online presence, and I know the the trolls exist. Uh, how? Which I know you just laugh off. I've I've followed you long enough to see you just laugh it off, but <laughs> which is good. But I mean, how does it? Uh, how do you handle it? Because like you have what three hundred or thirty something thousand followers. It's a lot. Uh, it's Fifty, I think. Yeah, it's a lot. One of these, one of, we'll get one of the numbers right, I swear. <laughs> and for the most part, it seems actually the, there seems to be a shift and the community seems to be a very positive engagement no matter what you drive. So that's good to see, too. But I mean, that's uh, it's still kind of you still kind of have a, a target on you as all women mm -hmm. online do in the car world, which is bullshit. But it's there. So how do you deal with it day to day and everything? I mean, I, I, so really part of it is just I, I know who I am. I know what I do. And when I get snooty comments like oh do you like driving daddy's car it's like this is this is not daddy's car you know this is, <laughs> this is, i i know what i do and you obviously haven't looked at my profile long enough to figure that out so i don't really care about your comment <laughs> um and realistically though if you think about it i mean if you post a video and it has 100 comments maybe three four five of them are negative and it's such a small amount, and yet people tend to focus so much on the negative. And I just don't want my time to be consumed by that three or 4% of negative people who normally just don't know what they're talking about anyways. I mean, I am 100% open to constructive criticism. If I say something wrong or if you're giving me, you know, if you like I've gotten comments on videos where it's like, eh, the music is too loud or this or that. And it's like, OK, that's fine. And I appreciate those comments because I want, you know, people to enjoy the video. And if you post a comment, you know, less music, more car noises. I get that. I love car noises, too. So absolutely, I'm down. Uh, so that I don't consider negative, uh, yeah. and the negative ones, so, such a small percent and it's not really worth my time, honestly. <laughs> Was that something that you 
have always been that way or just because, I mean, you've been doing this for so long since you were a kid. I'm just like going through this in your teenage years. That's an, uh, a hard time to be, especially from other women we've talked to in this industry. They've it's kind of been like a transition for them where they've realized that like oh, I can ignore these idiots. Mm-hmm. Was that easy? Has, have you always been confident in that way? Just growing up with it? I mean, um, in a way, I was always a little confident in just who I was as a person, but I actually didn't start social media. I've I've done it for quite a few years now, but I started it in my mid twenties, I think is when I really got into social media. Uh, And I had been selling these cars for a while at that point and grew up around them, knew enough about them. Um, I think the first time it really hit me was the first ever YouTube video I posted. I got some pretty mean comments about my outfit (laughs) and uh, I was just, you know, I was just wearing uh, ripped jeans and got all kinds of nasty comments. And at first I was just like, Oh my God, like, what did I do? Uh, Apparently everyone hates me, (laughs) you know, and just it's kind of like, Oh no. But then it, it took me about five minutes to be like, wait, hold on. All these comments are about, my outfit and it has nothing to do with you know i wasn't incorrect about my facts i didn't do anything stupid with the car it's it's irrelevant to the video and what i'm trying to do with the video which is give historical information on these cars and and maybe you know people who are interested can learn something new uh and then i also realized at that point that it was Actually, that video did have quite a bit of those comments for some reason, more than any other video. It had to be the first one, but I guess it was a good kind of introduction into it because five minutes later, I'm like, you know what? They can hate all my ripped jeans all they want. I don't care. And from then on, I was just like, if it doesn't have anything to do with, uh, like, if I didn't say something wrong, if I didn't do anything wrong, then. Yeah. That's and, you know, <laughs> and you and you got to think that whoever's commenting on that's probably sitting in their mom's basement in their you know SpongeBob pajamas. Yeah. So style's yeah. not going to be the key. Oh, I yeah. do really appreciate the, the simplicity of your videos, like the fact that you know you're you're just show, you're showing the car. There's not a lot of. I'm sure you put a lot of time and effort into it, but it looks like they're really simple. Like, I mean, how many people can you know that can drive a, an Enzo with the one arm out the window trying to film the car behind yes, them? So that was badass. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can't even look through the window. So I don't even Actually, fit in the Enzo. Yeah. <laughs> If I'd, I've had a couple of friends help me with uh, a lot of the videos, so I can't say it's all done on my own. No, but I mean, I'm saying the content is is really pure in the fact of like it's not overdone. It's not, you know, you're, you're learning something and you're getting to see something, you know, like the latest one with the, where you were driving the, um, it's not the, it's a P7, was it? Um, oh, oh, the 412P. Thank you. Yes, that, that thank one. you. Thank you. One of us knows what you were driving. Thank God. Um, you know, simple, lovely, lovely video. I really appreciate. I really appreciate watching. It. Like I said, it's content. So, yeah. Well, uh, I I want to know more about your your new company, your new brand that's coming. Um, what's going to be different about this? Are you not taking over from your dad? Is this going to be a, a like the next phase of the business? Yeah. So uh, basically, after fifty years, I mean, you know, my my dad's done this forever, and you you can't quit doing this. Like when you <laughs> live your whole life, you know, it's, it's, you can't get out of it. Uh, you're stuck, but, uh, it's like a mafia term. Like they pull you in yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much, you know, yeah, absolutely. Italians. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Not Italian brands. Who knew? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, he, he 
wants to not retire, but um, slow down in a big way. And I can understand. Uh, and so basically, uh, he wants to still be able to talk to some of his clients that he's had for the last 30, 40, 45 years and do some deals and enjoy his life. And if he wants to take two weeks off or a month off and go to Tahiti on a cruise or whatever it is, then he can just go do his thing. And uh, so I, so he's holding on to Ferraris online, um, but you know, at a smaller scale. And then I started Next Generation Classics. And basically um, my whole purpose is to preserve the passion of these cars and uh, show the next generation why the the classic cars and their personalities and their stories and histories is so much fun and so important and not something to be overlooked. Uh, and I mean, yes, I still want to sell cars, but I mean, I just, I don't want the, the, histories and the importance of the classics to be overlooked by the next generation. Uh, and so me and my dad will still work together in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, we're still gonna do deals together and, and be not business partners anymore, but I mean, work together. Uh, but I'm gonna do more of my own thing. And my whole new company is more focused on trying to to share the the information the histories and and everything that i love about these cars with as many people as i can <laughs> well i think the, the you know the younger generations don't like cars like we do um don't have that passion so i think that's something that needs to be shared with them um mm -hmm. you know because we, we we need a lot of them to go into the trade so they can fix our cars when we break them right first of all you know <laughs> yeah. and, and the generation so you, are you you're still going to be doing sales you're going to be doing services and stuff like that or is this a whole new different idea besides Ferrari's online i guess so a lot of what i do is going to be uh as far as the business structure is concerned it is going to be uh i sell classic cars and while I don't do in-house service, really, I mean, I work on some of my own cars and like I posted a video recently, I got a new car in um, a 355 and the battery was dead. And so I posted replacing the battery because it's in that front fender on the passenger side and it's just a pain in the butt. Uh, so easy to get to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they make Every Italian car is a pain in the butt to get to battery. Could be a Mercy. Yeah. I was going to say Lago, Mercy yeah. Lago yeah. and yeah. Lamborghinis behind the rear or in front yeah. of the rear wheel. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I do, you know, if it comes to um, minor service work, I mean, a compression test, something like that, like I can do that. But uh, for, for most service stuff, we send it to uh, our trusted mechanic who we work with. He has probably 12 of our cars right now, uh, including my Lancia, because I bought a 1988 Italian car. So, yes, it already broke. Um Surprise. It wasn't broken when you bought it. That's yeah, that's good. good. No, no, it lasted for about three days before it broke. Oh, oh, okay. so that's a new record. I give it credit. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Fair. You know, but hey, it, I knew what I was getting into when I got it. Everyone's like, "You're buying a new car." I'm like, "Yeah." What is it? 1988 Lancia. And they're like, "Really?" And, and the and the the plan is once it's running is to daily it, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Ah, love kind of it. girl. Absolutely but it, it fits it. all three yeah. of my dogs, which is great. So See? <laughs> good. That's good. That's See, all that matters. See, my tip was on point. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> does that have a back seat? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not Do a big one. I mean, no. you know, they're they're a little more comfortable in my Tahoe, but uh, I squeeze Everybody drives also. those. Uh, <laughs> those break down too. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you had another another plan because uh, that's going to be a, a somewhat of a daily, whether you like it or not. It's not going to be an everyday. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I still have I still have my Tahoe because while while I you know know what I'm getting into with the the launch, I've made sure to still still have something else for those uh, those days where Guido I've I've named it uh, Guido decides not to behave. So. <laughs> I feel like with the name like Guido Integral, I think that, that would like in the next Cars movie that would be a perfect character. It really yes. would. Yeah, is Guido already a character in Cars? Uh, I don't. He think he's one of the Italian. I don't want to admit if I know that or don't know that. I think okay? he is. So no, he is. I've only seen it a thousand times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Okay. He's the, yep. He's one of the. Oh, he is. Okay. Well, then never mind. We can't do that. Yeah. You have to change the name of your car. Uh, <laughs> plain and simple. <laughs> yeah. She she disagrees. That was a hard no. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you're dealing the Lancia. You've got the Tahoe. Um, mm-hmm. What else is in your stable that you you are even if um, what do you have and what do you want? Uh, okay, what do I have? So I have so all my uh, I keep thinking of names because all all my cars I name my personal cars. So my I like wherever the story is going because you asked it and she looked up and started to count in her mind like what yeah. do I have? <laughs> like all of us do like what do I own? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have, so uh, Betsy is my Tahoe, and then Guido, my Lancia, and then I have uh, Bootstrap, my 1950 Willys pickup. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I've seen the photos. Yeah. Sorry. And then um, Zeta is my iZetta. Uh, Sputter is my 1930 BMW. Uh, and then I have another 1930 BMW that is in pieces. And he has not gotten a name yet because he's in like 5,000 pieces. And so right now we're just calling him sputter number two. Um, and what else? A uh, couple race cars. So uh, Lamborghini Gallardo GT3 car, 308 race car that has been heavily modified. Uh, a boxer. That thing is sexy, by the way. Oh, I love that car. Yeah. Uh, we're going to put a sequential gearbox in it because uh, just, you know, for because it's actually a pretty competitive car. So that was a fiberglass 308 that burnt to the ground because um, those cars, if back in the day, uh, they didn't have catalytic converters. They had like thermo reactors that got red hot. And so when you drive on dry grass or anything like that, they would go up. So uh, that burnt when it was new and... My dad's had it forever, and uh, he likes the the Lambo more, so that's what he's been running more. So the 308, because we kind of share the race cars. Uh, so the 308, it's it was originally a two-valve, has a four-valve engine. It's been heavily modified. 230 horsepower wasn't quite enough, so did some slight modifications, and it's now like 450 horse. Some slight ones, yeah. Slight, that's double. Yeah, it's those ignition wires and yeah, special just, just, split yeah. fire spark plugs. A couple of extra stickers. Yeah, I see how it is. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, the, only, the only original bits of that car, the chassis between the two firewalls, and then the chassis uh, 
piece from the end, the back engine bay where it has the VIN number, and that that's that's about it. That's all you need. Yeah. Firewalls did their job. Yeah, yeah. stop the fire. <laughs> yep. Yeah. How long have you been racing? Like, I mean, did you race start racing when you were younger? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I, some of my earliest memories, my dad at when I was like four years old got me one of those little um, little kid go karts, and oh yeah, I mean, he could ride his bike down the street as I'm going down in this little go-kart thing down the sidewalk next to him. Uh, and then we started in regular carts, then shifter carts, legend cars. I mean, kind of went through the progression as a kid. Uh, so did a lot of racing, never was like super serious into a series or anything like that. It was mostly just the kind of weekend track day or all that kind of stuff, but um, kept up with my license, I have my SCCA license. Um, I love doing track days. I'd love to do a season somewhere, you know, a real race season, but work tends to take up a lot of time. So I was going to say, and all that free time you have with starting a new business <laughs> and running this one. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> you know, haven't, haven't been able to commit yet, but I'd love to do that in the near future. Oh, and I, I want to go do uh, some rally schools too, and like all kinds of stuff. So. Well, come visit us at Dirtfish. It's just down the road from the studio. I actually am planning on doing that. So you know, the Women in Motorsports Summit is coming March. Uh, March. That's right. I'm gonna be there uh, on the panel. There we. You know, what's funny is Josie is supposed to come in and do this. She's been in the show multiple times, but uh, you know, um, she was supposed to come in last week and nick mm -hmm. couldn't make it and so we had to reschedule for oh, this week my mm -hmm. oh yeah that's right i couldn't make it yeah <laughs> she's taking care of your mom like a terrible I, son i, I know <laughs> yeah no so that's funny that's uh, we look forward to meeting you i will we will be there of course uh, supporting with uh we will be there with After the trailer this, she'll look forward to avoiding us i know yeah. <laughs> um sorry you were going through your list of cars and, and him and i both like i'm like most people don't well no i'm just talking oh, about the 1930 BMW. bmw yeah that's not something you really gets just gets thrown out there explain <laughs> where how we got into that that's uh, so neat so that is the car i learned how to drive in uh and <laughs> <laughs> that's the car i drove across the podium at pebble beach when i was 11. Um, oh okay so i've had that well over half my life, most of my life at this point, uh, over two thirds of my life at this point. And um, basically uh, my dad was selling, cause you know, as a, so I got it when I was eight, but as an eight year old, I didn't go buy a car. Um, my Actually, I would believe that if you did, if yeah, you told me no that. Kidding. So I mean, knowing you, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So is it, is it a 328? No, no, no. So it's called a, uh, so it's a 315 DA2. And okay. so three speed, 15 horsepower. Um, it's just rocket ship. Uh, yep. God, I miss when the numbers made sense, right? BMW. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it is the cutest little thing. So uh, it's the first car that BMW produced. The, the one I have is the oldest one in the United States. Um, oldest BMW in the U.S., which is pretty cool. Um, and basically, when BMW started building cars, they didn't know exactly where to start uh, with their own design. So they bought the rights from Austin 7 to take the design and kind of make it their own a little bit. So it looks a lot like an Austin 7, uh, but none of the parts are interchangeable. And uh, so it has its own unique little flair. 
Uh, and my dad was selling a collection of cars. And when the buyer was looking at everything, he wanted all the cars except for that one. And cause it didn't fit in with the Lambos and the Ferraris and everything else. He's like, oh. I, I don't know what to do with this. And so my dad was like, you know, it's really cute. I'll take it as part of my commission and give it to my daughter. And, uh, so I ended up with it and, uh, it got entered at Pebble beach and cause they had like this Austin seven class that year. And so, um, my dad drove it in the tour and at the end of the tour at the lunch in Carmel, one of the judges walks up to my dad and says, so this is, this is your daughter's car, right? And he goes, yeah. And the judge says, so if by chance the car won an award, uh, could, could she drive it across the podium? And my dad goes, of course. And the judge is like, okay, just good to know. And wanders off. And my dad turns to me and says, you're getting driving lessons. And uh, I, I'd been doing go-karts and all that with him for years at that point. But uh, a go-kart is a far cry from a no synchro three-speed 1930s technology car with cable brakes. You know, it's, I mean, so uh, we went in the, the parking lot at the, um, in a Spanish Bay and he taught me how to drive it. And when I won an award the next day and had to drive it across the podium, I think I stalled it four times, uh, trying to just get it going. And I have a wonderful photo because my brother was in the passenger seat and in the photo, I look very determined and my brother just looks <laughs> terrified and everyone in the audience in the background is just cracking up and it's just that that did it for me at that point i was like yeah no this is this is the rest of my life i'm i'm doing this kind of thing <laughs> that's, so cool. that's the best first driving story i've ever heard no to learn in the parking lot at spanish bay like where i mean you, heaven forbid you hit something else in the parking lot of spanish bay <laughs> no let kidding. alone learning how to drive that car that's amazing yeah okay i understand why so obviously you have that one and you bought another one that's in pieces but going to be yes a complete car someday mm-hmm. so the one Yet i to have be named yeah, the one I have, it's uh, so the the model, it's Caprolet. Uh, and somebody emailed me years ago and said, uh, hey, I have one of those. And I'm like, you do? <laughs> He's like, I do. And he sent me some photos. I'm like, oh, my God, you do. Is it for sale? And he said, like, yeah, sure. And so I bought it from him. And it's a Turin wagon. So they're both convertibles, uh, but the main difference, if you look at mine, it has the framing around the windows, uh, the door windows, and the Turin wagon is more of a pure convertible. It doesn't have any of the framing around it, so it's all open. It just has windscreen and then flat with doors. and so the top on it is a little different. Um, there's quite a few little differences, but they're they're both 1930 BMW convertibles. <laughs> so the numbers make sense, but the names don't. <laughs> I was like touring wagon. Like, is that like a you know? <laughs> doesn't make sense. An Avant. <laughs> An Avant. Yeah. yeah, one of those BMW Avants. Yeah. We stopped you before you finished in your cars. That you said you had a, it was a 365, I believe. Oh, uh, 365 BB. So, uh, a boxer, boxer. uh, but it's also been converted into a race car. Uh, and it actually looks kind of like a 935 Porsche. So it's pretty cool. 
Uh, yeah. Not as competitive as the 308 because it qualifies in the same historic class as the 935s and they just stomp it. Uh, but it's just so cool looking. I love it. <laughs> and being a boxer, different sound, different different driving experience entirely, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Very, yeah cool. very, very different. It just has that like, because so when boxers were new, they were not made for the US market, but there was no other... 12 cylinder Ferrari that was a new Ferrari at the time available for the US. So some people tried to sneak them in. And this is one of the cars that got caught by customs. They seized it, they were going to crush it. And some guys were like, no, 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 don't crush it. I'm going to turn it into a race car. Then it doesn't have to comply to EPA or uh. DOT. So it was also converted basically from new into a race car. Cool. Uh, we need to start importing race cars. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, speaking. You, you get a can of Coke, I'll get a race car. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of race cars and sequential gears, yeah. you have a picture that I'm very jealous of because I have been on oh, the hunt yes, for okay. a year for a BAC Mono. Yeah. And uh, I was a serious bidder on that last Bring a Trailer auction and then uh, who else? Curate, five, curated. Curated and like five other people yeah. were like, no, we're having it. And so I was abruptly cut off at what I thought the price cap would be and then 10000 over that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you would probably fit it in a lot better than I do, but I still want one more than life. Uh, what honest thoughts as someone who's driven one, I've got to ask you, how was it to drive it? And what did you think of it? I mean, they are not made for normal driving. Uh, they're fun. They're, they're awesome. They're awesome. But yeah. uh, if, if you make the rash decision to try and drive one from Newport Beach to Los Angeles, you're going to regret your decision. Uh I mean, he w he wants to daily it. I'm I'm just gonna yeah, because I'm that kind of person. I would actually uh, I don't. He's I work from I work from home, and I used to ride a lot of motorcycles. So that's what I'm. I'm that's what my trade off is. So. I'm not one to judge. I you know my my daily doesn't make a lot of sense, but at least people can see me when they try and change lanes. That car. That's true. People don't really notice you, uh, and so you know you're kind of like head on a swivel because. You get the big trucks next to you that have no idea you're there, and all you see is this giant tire next to you, and it's just like, oh, okay, that that will do some damage, you know. <laughs> no fast and the fierce going under the box. Oh, no. that is so tempting. <laughs> no, it's not, don't die. I wouldn't, but yeah, it is tempting. You would. <laughs> the parameters are right. So, yeah. I, I mean, to me, I, again, I am barely six feet and two fifty, so the dream is never going to be for me, but. Um, I think you're crazy for doing that. You can I'm buy 55-gallon drums of lube on Amazon. Oh You'll be fine. <laughs> Several questions. <laughs> why, do you, you why do you know that? You want me to get in a barrel of lube, then get in your mono? That's a little weird. So yeah. Sharing the experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> can I bring Theo? <laughs> That's so, my dog's name. Yeah. No, you can't. No. Okay, fair enough. That, okay. You're I, the only I, person I've ever talked to who's driven one, so I had to ask. Yeah, uh, everybody also, else. I, I mean, so... You got to remember, I say things sometimes from a, uh, I get asked by buyers all the time about cars and I always give my honest opinion. Uh, mm -hmm. And I also, I do look at things more from like what a general person would think as like a general car enthusiast, not general person, but like a general car enthusiast uh, because I'm crazy, you know, I'm willing to drive something like that. Uh, without, you know, fear of it or like, just let's go for it. Uh, so, but not everyone's like that. So my honest opinion is hey, I, I drive it all around 
if I could, but uh, to most people, there is that risk factor of people just don't see you. You know, it's almost like yeah. driving my IZ. I mean, a very different kind of driving experience, but like my IZ is the same kind of thing. People just don't see you. You're so small that just, you know, people just pull out next to you and just cut you out do all kinds of crazy stuff because you're just this little tiny thing on the road that like everyone overlooks. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm going to have to wrap it acid green or something, just as a cautionary. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, you should wrap it black and drive it at night. <laughs> Do that. Tint yeah. the taillights so like basically, the 90s. So basically, I mean, if, if, for the fact, I mean, I, I, to clarify that, great car, but it kind of scared you from being next to a semi and kind of things, because that, that just, that story scares me hearing that. And like, well, I get I mean, that I, with people not seeing bikes. I, I wasn't scared, but um, there was, was that thought in my head of like, oh, okay. They have like, cause you know, there's cars moving and stuff that just don't notice you. And so it's kind of like, all right, well, this is a, a factor to consider when driving this. Uh, it's almost like they built them as track toys, Dan. That's weird. I just want to road trip mine. I don't know. <laughs> and again, put the luggage where? I don't pro, know. Pro tip, what I did huh? with my Izetta, uh, foghorn. Get, oh. get a little foghorn, you know. Can mount a train horn on the top no, of it. No, you gotta get you, you gotta get you the Duke's a hazard horn or something. Yeah, just, just something loud enough where like even yeah. if they don't see you, they will hear you. They will hear you. Yeah. They'll hear a horn and then crunch. <laughs> but they heard horn first. So that's the important part. Okay. I like it. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So what's out what's on your list of uh you need to obtain this vehicle? Or drive. Yeah, or yeah. drive even, yeah. Oh, drive? Ooh, okay. So uh <laughs> That was a big grin. Yeah. <laughs> I, there, there's a few cars on it. So my top three favorite cars, um, the Comp Daytona, obviously. And then uh, I, I've gotten to sit in it. But um, so a uh, 312 T2 Formula One car, uh, yeah. specifically Nikki Lotta's car. I mean, if you're going to sit in one, why not? Yeah. Nikki's. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That makes sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> go big or go home. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, I, I have the, his car like tattooed on my arm. I, I love his car. It's my favorite. <laughs> and then, uh, the Testarossa 250 Testarossa specifically 1957 pontoon fender, specifically Lucy bell, which is the white one with the blue straight down the middle. Um, that, that is those three cars. If I could, so Dream car to drive would be Lucy Bell on the Millamilia. Yeah. That's is, that's it. <laughs> Lucy Bell, is that the only one that is white? Yeah. Because most of the Testarossas are red, right? I mean, yes. or, or a form of red, I should say. Yeah. Because that car is sort of infamous when you, when you, if you know Ferraris or you know, you know, that car is, stands out from the other ones. But yeah, okay. That's a great list. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great list. Have you had much experience or with McLaren? As, as a brand and do you enjoy it or oh i i really like mclaren um i like their history i love uh how everything they were founded off of uh involved racing and the passion for cars i think they've done some really cool stuff with the modern cars uh, i haven't really gotten a lot of them in the showroom uh but i like them you know, I, I 
don't have much bad to say about McLaren. I no, I, I wasn't looking for bad to no, say. I know, I know, I I know just... there was a photo on your Instagram of the of McLaren F1 and things like that. And I mean, that's probably our favorite. I mean, that's top of my list. It's for top now. of my list. Yeah. yeah. Oh, McLaren yeah. F1's incredible. Actually, yeah. uh, my my dad uh-huh. used to drive me and my brother to school in a McLaren F1. So. We are not cool. Uh, <laughs> somehow I heard that story. I was kind of working her into it, but yeah. Uh, so <laughs> somehow I heard, yeah. Well, if you got three seats, you got to use them properly. Exactly. I mean, I, here's the thing. My level of envy is had, like this is here. this is a Ferris Bueller <laughs> thing. If I had the means, I can totally see doing that. Yeah, like, I mean, absolutely. You know, your dad's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't say it a lot. I want, I want your dad to be my dad, <laughs> and I really like my dad. Yeah, exactly. Your dad's great, but I mean. That's, yeah. <laughs> Okay. So how long did your dad own one of those? That's pretty neat. Uh, he, he didn't own it. It was one he was selling. Oh, okay. And so he had it. Um, and this was after he shut down the restoration shop. And there was a point in time where he was, he had a home office uh, and he would get some, some cars there once in a while. And so somebody had sent him a orange metallic McLaren F1. And uh, that was sitting in our garage for a while, and so he'd he'd take me and my brother to school in it. <laughs> I'd sleep next. I was to just it. about to say I'd sleep yeah, in the like garage. My, yeah. my bed would be in the garage. Yeah, it would just, just staring. Like, I don't know if I'd sleep. Right. Yeah, actually, with any of those cars on her list, I would probably just sleep in the garage next to them and pet them occasionally. <laughs> Love I, you. I've always said like <laughs> I'm not scared to drive many cars. The Testarossa, yeah. I think I would be a little scared to drive. Like we've had some opportunities to drive some really fun cars, but. I think that's the only car that would be a little intimidating in my mind as far. I'd figure a way around it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. If, if given the, if, if blessed with the opportunity, I think that would be amazing. And I, in your dream of, of driving on the Mille Mille, it would be incredible. Speaking of cars you get in, you don't know what to do. I'd be like, uh, <laughs> I know how all this all works, but I'm too scared to do it. That would be my experience. It's like when we had the Blower Bentleys and people are getting in. Yeah. It's like six years to start a car, you know, you got <laughs> which is cool, but it's not exactly push button start these days or those days, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Colleen, thank you very much for joining us. We loved having you on the show. I'm really looking forward to having you up here and seeing you at the Women in Motorsports Summit. That's going to be awesome. I'm. I should have looked at that. I should have known that ahead of time. I feel like I an feel email. Like I feel. Us. Yeah. Well, she should have told us one and two. I feel like there was an email that came out and I didn't read it. I RSVP'd yes, and then well, I'm yeah, like, I know I we were going. Yeah. So. She always has cool people yeah. there, but that's so cool. Um, I'm sure our listeners. We have a ton of listeners that will be at that event too. So, oh, okay. listeners, if you're looking forward to meeting Colleen, yeah, that is. Probably, I, I, re, I told Josie, it's like, I rescheduled our entire vacation around this show because this is the like my favorite event of the year, uh, mm-hmm. just because they have awesome guests. No, I actually, so. I yeah. usually go to Amelia Island for the concourse every year. And uh, when I got the message from Dirtfish inviting me up there, I was like, I have to cancel Amelia Island. And it's the first year I've done that in, I don't even know how long, but I'm like, you know what? I got my priorities and rally cars and dirt fish and that whole community is just so amazing that yeah that was not a hard decision for me <laughs> yeah well we, i mean you'll have a wonderful time it's, yeah it's, to say the least you're yeah. gonna have a lot of fun regardless i mean just the like especially the cars in steve's collection the rimmer family's collection is just a, a mind-blowing museum of history that's you'll get to see which is not just at dirt fish but i believe as a speaker you to see that so yeah yeah you're gonna have a great time excellent well again we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule and we look forward to meeting you when you come up here um so thank you thank yeah you. let us know your favorite wine we'll make sure it's on hand yeah absolutely <laughs> okay. all right awesome. uh, for this episode 
We appreciate it. Yeah. For this episode of the Avance Podcast, as always, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.